0: So, you guys have a morning routine. Yeah. You have know, a morning, morning routine, right? Things you do every morning, or is it every, or different every morning, right? With kids, it's always an adventure. <laughs> Are they going to wake up at four in the morning, or like you know six thirty, right in the middle of my quiet time with the Lord, or right, or, or you know, am I going to have to like wake them up like five times, you know, and jump on them, send the dog in? Uh, We've we realized the dog helps us to wake our kids up in the morning. <laughs> Flick the lights up and down. Well, mine, of course, is the very first thing is I, you know, come downstairs and let the dog out, so that we know the answer now to the question, who let the dogs out? Ellen, 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 Ellen. So, but I get up in the morning, let the dog out, and go and make coffee. That's a very important, you know, the elixir of life that the Lord gave us. Bless Him. Bless the Lord forever. Uh, baruch (laughs) ata on an eye, melech ha halam. Coffee. But so I make coffee for for Amber tonight, and, and then usually she's still asleep. So, so I'll I'll go and I'll go to the table and I'll be reading my either my book for my pastors meeting. This month it's the secret the leadership secrets of Billy Graham, which is a pretty pretty cool book. Um and then i and then like or I'll read like a another book I just another series of books that I have on my on my shelf and do some journaling praying, maybe singing uh, to the Lord in the morning around the table. And then Amberlynn will come down and we'll read our Bibles together and, until about 7 o'clock when my watch tells me, Wake up the kids! And usually we'll wait snooze it for about five minutes. And then go wake up the kids, <laughs> send the dog in, wake up the kids, get them ready for school, and be rushing them out the door. Let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go! Let's go. Come on! <laughs> Jackson, your jacket! Hazel, your backpack! Alan, put it to a snack! Oh, shoot, I forgot the snack! We love to have the, the morning routines and everything. How do we wake up? Are we morning people are we not morning people? And it always, you typically seems to be, you know, rally around how good we slept. Right? How good we slept that way? How do we wake up? Right? Get to bed earlier, <clears throat> Estelle. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I Just feel that bus. I just threw you under it. <laughs> Huh? What? Huh? But what, what do most of us have in the mornings to get us going? Alarm. Before, ah, right there, the alarm. Right? I've got a super nerdy app called Sleep Cycle, so it actually wakes me up like you know half an hour before, but kind of like when I'm most awake, and so it's like, anyways, or like you know sometimes people are like the, you know, type things, and uh, so what wakes you up in the morning? God God wakes us up via the alarm. (laughs) So as we wake up, it's it's something that causes that. It causes us to wake up. Either an an annoying alarm or an annoying parent for our children. Waking us up. Mom, Dad, go away. Right? But that's what Yom Teruah is all about. It's all about awakening. It's all about the, the rising and shining, the, the, the getting us up, the, the shocking us out of bed in the morning, the blowing of the trumpets. It's the shouting, which we'll get to in a second. So Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, is a time for celebration, remembrance, and hope. That's what the festival is all about. It's about blowing the trumpets, about being, being together, being together, a time of being together and celebrating together, of remembering the Lord and Him remembering His people, and having hope for a new year, having a joy for the new year. So we're gonna read uh, Leviticus 23. It says this, The Lord spoke to Moses, tell the Israelites, in the seventh month, that's Tishri, on the first day of the month, you are to have a day of complete rest. We'll get to that commemoration this memorial and trumpet blasts a sacred assembly you must do no you must not do any daily work but you must present a food offering to the Lord so let's talk a little bit about yom Teruah. yom Teruah, that's where we get the passage that's where we get the the festival of yom turua it's one of the seven high festivals. Uh, the festival season begins at Passover, so we have Passover and the Feast of Unleavened Bread and the Feast of First Fruits, kind of all wrapped up into one. And then you've got the uh, we have uh, what's called the Shavuot, which is Pentecost, and then you have this these three in the in the spring or in the in the fall. Those are the spring feasts, and then you have the fall feasts, which are Yom Teruah, Yom Kippur, and Sukkot. So those are the seven high festivals. Three of those are pilgrimage festivals. Passover slash Unleavened Bread slash First Fruits. That's one. And then you have Pentecost, which is another. And then you have the one that concludes this season, which is Sukkot, which we'll spend two weeks on. Um, And so this first one is Yom Teruah. So it is not a pilgrimage festival. So people, were wherever they were living... You know, wherever town where they were in the Roman Empire, like all the way up to like Rome or, or Spain or Turkey or Thessalonica, Thess- Thessalonica, you know, Ephesus or down in Jerusalem or up in, you know, Galilee. So this was not a pilgrimage festival. They would celebrate this wherever they were doing whatever they were doing with their friends and family that they lived every day with. All the time. And so there was the great festival. You'd get together with the people of your town, and you'd celebrate. And they'd have all the people would have these trumpets, right? So Yom Teruah means day of shouting or day of blasting. That's what Teruah means. Remember, like we were talking about, what is your, you know, you're giving God your Teruah? Ha! Ah! Right? Remember, we all got up and like girded our loins and remember that? Was that on the eleventh? I think September 11th. (laughs) There was the shout and the trumpets. This is this was what happened at Jericho. They gave a teruah. They blew the trumpets. They shouted with their voices. I was just talking about that this morning. Actual archaeological evidence today shows that they're all you know in in Jericho. When you're you know when you're remodeling a wall, either whether your houses are built into the wall or, or not, you're knocking the walls out and then rebuilding them. Jericho archaeological evidence has found there's one layer where the walls fell in because they because of the teruah knocked the walls in of Jericho so a teruah brought down the walls of Jericho now what is Yom Teruah so this day is according to Jewish tradition is the the birth of the universe. Then, where God, you know, birthed the universe and man, and mankind. Um, so this was also celebrated as the day that God created Adam and Eve. Um, it is the day, as the, as the scripture says, of complete rest. As we said, this was the first, you know, the first day of humanity, the celebration of the giving, of the giving of the universe. And it's interesting to think about. Think about this. God wanted Adam and Eve to remember always, throughout all of their days, that their lives begin with rest, because what day were Adam and Eve created on? The sixth. The sixth. What was the next day? Day of, day of rest. So they were the last thing that God created, and then they then they rested. Jewish tradition has it to where so the Jewish day actually begins at sundown. Uh, no, that's the Sabbath, but so the the day itself begins at sundown. And so God wanted them to begin their every day with rest, with a, with a meal with family and sleep. And then they'd get up and they'd work and they'd work hard until they were done. And as soon as the sun was set on, the, on that sixth day, on Friday night, they stopped their work and they rested and they Sabbathed for an entire day. Every day was like that, that shift of rhythm. Right, Every day they would end with work and they would work hard to the very end of the day and then the beginning of the new day. It's a new day and we're going to rest. God wants us to wrap our minds around that. That our lives, our year, that's why I said, the very first day, this is, the, this is the Jewish New Year. The very first day of their year is what? A day of complete rest. He wants us to start out our lives, our years, our days, Our weeks with rest. With rest. Begin life with that mentality. God desires for himself and his works to be celebrated and remembered with rest. You know, how, how much for us, like you know, to get ready for a party is a lot of work, and the party itself is a lot of work. It's interesting. All of their festivals took a lot of preparation work, but then the actual the actual day of, you were not supposed to do any work. You're supposed to prepare everything so that you could do nothing. You couldn't even cook on the, these days of rest. You had to prepare everything beforehand, and get it ready, and then sun went down, you partied. God knows how to party. Truly party. He wants to be remembered, not with labor and going crazy, but with rest. A memorial, as it says, to commemorate, of commemoration, as it says. Um... Commemoration. So this 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 concept of a memorial of loud blasts. So this is also what Yom Teruah means in in, in tradition. It's also uh, the day of the birthdays of Isaac and Samuel. So Isaac, that God almost sacri- that, you know, that God asked Abraham to sacrifice on the altar, but a ram took his place. The ram horn. Aram took Isaac's place. Samuel, who had become the priest for David. Isaac and Samuel, it was their birthdays. So Teruah, it's this battle cry. It's a sounding of alarm. It's the, it's, it's the alarm to wake up in your soul. Wake up! Remember the Lord. <clears throat> it's this shouting that brought down the battle of Jericho. It's equipping you for... Life. It's equipping you for the battle. It's equipping you to face this life and all of its trials. To wake up and put your faith into practice so that the world around us can see and so that our lives will flourish. God's desire for us is not to walk around and wallow in, our, in the garbage all around us. To constantly be sin hunters in our own lives and only see ourselves through a lens of sin but to see life in our lives as through the filter of grace and love and joy and hope and celebration, gladness and blessing. That's the way that Israel saw their lives. They saw their lives as constantly preparing themselves for a season of celebration. Of rem- why? why were they celebrating? Because they were awesome? No, because their God was awesome. And they celebrated and worshipped an awesome God. And that's why they celebrated all the time. That's why they began their lives with rest. Began their lives in a posture of peace. How many of us need to do the same? Posturing ourselves in a place of peace and rest. To remind ourselves of the goodness and the hope and the might and the power of our God. Because that's the only reason why any of us can have peace in this world. Look at the news. Who were here last week? I I made you pretty anxious at the beginning of the sermon, right? All this let's go let's go back through all of these things that should give us anxiety today. No, let's not. not, No, let's not do that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there's so many things that could and according to the world standards should be freaking us out right now. Russia annexing four areas of, of Ukraine and now they're basically saying, hey, now we've got justification to nuke you. That, doesn't make sense. that seems safe. And all sorts of different things. I can, I can, I can stress you out really easily because I keep up with the news quite a bit. But, <laughs> but I'm not. Because here's the thing. According to worldly standards, we should be freaking out. We should be stressed to the nines. Because of everything that's going around. Like circumstances, circumstances, circumstances. Live your life through circumstances. But we can live our lives in hope and in peace because of how good our God is. And we can celebrate Him. And we can rest in Him. That's why Hebrews says, make every effort to enter into God's rest. Rest. It's a battle cry of awakening to rest. There's also the blowing of, of trumpets for or the shofar sound of the king's cor, cor, you know, coronation. This was this celebration. And they would do this all day, like a hundred times. It would like blast, blast this thing. So let's see if I can, <laughs> see if I can do it again. <laughs> I've tried to practice. It didn't work. <laughs> there you go. Jewish people have really good lungs. <laughs> you do. But there's a coronation. So the, most, the majority of trumpets back then weren't like silver and bronze and things like that. They were shofars. They were the, 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 the ram's horn. Hollowed out. The blowing of the trumpets, like I said, sounded the king's coronation or the king's advancing. And we have the king of the universe. The King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's why in all the blessings of, uh, you know, that Jewish people give during different festivals, like Baruch Atah Yahweh, or Adonai, they call it. So blessed are you, Lord, Elohenu, our God. Baruch Atah Adonai, Elohenu. Melech HaOlam. King Melech HaOlam of the universe. Or forever, King forever. Are you speaking in Jewish? Yes, that's Hebrew. Yeah. So, King of the universe, King forever. Basically, just he's like King of everything that is created. It's basically saying you are King of the creation, and that includes time and space and everything, the heavens and the earth. It's a, it's a proclamation back to Genesis one that you, Yahweh, Adonai, created the world. The universe, the stars, the sky, the waters beneath, the waters above, the land, animals, everything. As as Paul would even say later, you hold all things together by the word of your power. And we proclaim Yahweh as King of the universe. He is our King of kings. Our Lord of lords. Worthy to receive praise and glory and blessing and honor forever and ever. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. He is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. all things forever and ever. And so this is a day to remember that. It's a day to remember who God is. We remember Yahweh through the blowing of trumpets. And it's almost like we're also signaling to God, like the, an alarm to the Lord. Hey God, listen to us. Remember us. Hear us. See us. Remember your people. The theme of that of, of this of this season. So, it's there's a ten days between uh, Yom Teruah that Yom Teruah basically kind of kickstarts, and it's called the Days of Awe. And the Days of Awe are the season of, uh, and to the Jewish folk people have, of repentance and, and penitence, isn't it? And it's in essence kind of uh, the Jewish Lent, right? So you know, in the Christian realms in, in Catholicism. Um, there's the season of Lent, which is the, I believe it's 40 days um, before the uh, the celebration of Easter, right? And so that starts with Ash Wednesday. Well, preceded by you know Fat Tuesday, which is you know <laughs> basically Mardi Gras and the, all the all you can eat pancakes at IHOP. You know? <laughs> so it's where you indulge in all your you know sugars and stuff, and before you start doing fasting, right? But it's, it's this day of severity to the body and, and, and almost I would even say severity to the spirit. In in our world today, in our Christian world today, and we can have more discussions about it. You know, some people like to, to do it, some people like don't like to do it. I don't like to do it, but that's another another conversation for another time. But this day of, of penitence and preparing the heart for Yom Kippur, which is in ten days, so it's ne- it'll be next Wednesday or this coming Wednesday rather. But it's, it's a day, in, in essence, you know, of, of remembering the Lord and having kind of this introspection and pre- preparation of, of the heart. It's looking into your heart. Like David would say, look and, and search, you, you search me and you know me, Lord. Search me and know my heart. Find if there's any way that is not pleasing to you. And so, like we talk about, this is this is where we are different than than the Jewish people and the under people Jewish people under Jewish law, and that we don't live under law but under grace. And so we have been forgiven of all of our sins because remember, all of our sins were future to Jesus when he was dying on the cross. He died for our past, present, and future sins. They are covered under the blood of Christ, and we are holy and righteous before Yahweh, before. Our Father. When the Father sees us, he sees Christ. And all of his perfection. All of his holiness and righteousness. Now, we still do stupid stuff, don't we? Right? It's not that we are, that we stop doing stupid things. It's that, it's, we walk in this way to grow in maturity, grow up in our faith, grow up in our, in the image of our Father. It's not necessarily, that our, like I said, like our faith that grows, but it's, the, it's our faith. It's the God of our faith, that, or the image of our, of our Father that grows in our mind. And we learn more about Him. We learn more about His grace and more about a salvation. We, right, we're working out our salvation. It's not like saying, you know, work for your salvation. Paul is basically saying, hey, guys, I'm leaving, and so you're going to have to figure this out on your own, <laughs> is what Paul was saying. I'm leaving, so work this out, but in honor in a in a in a spirit in a mind in a mindset of seriousness feel the weight of working out this faith and learning and walking by the spirit in all reverence and honor but we have to remember we have to stand in that position whenever we're talking about anything in jewish festivals or in old testament we always look through it look at it through the lens of grace on this side of the cross, on this side of the resurrection, on this side of the pouring out of the Holy Spirit that has made us righteous. We are no longer, in the Bible, look it up. It, no, it doesn't call us a sinner. It calls us saints. Our identity, who we are, is saint. Remember, hagiazu, Hagiyu, which means Hagios, which means holy. So our name in Scripture, saints, is literally holy ones. It is a participle of holy. So we are holy ones. That is our name. That is our identity. If we forget that, our faith doesn't matter. Then it's constantly this works-based trying to get better and trying to get better and trying to get better so that I can be saved. So that God will look at me and think that I'm enough if I've just done enough for God. But we can blow the trumpets because we are holy, because we are God's righteous ones calling out to Him, remembering our Lord, remembering who He is, exalting Him above all else, and remembering that we are in Him and He is in us that mystical union Christ in us. And so it's the season not of trying to like you know try to do all this penance and try to you know kind of clean ourselves up for God. Jesus made us clean. He washed us clean. What he said, if you are, you know, if if uh, we confess our sins to the Lord, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That is when you came to faith in Jesus. That's not like this whole continual thing of I've got to continually confess my sins to the Lord so that He'll forgive me. No, He forgave you 2,000 years ago. What do we do? We thank Him for His forgiveness. We receive that grace and remember that we are forgiven. And we lavish our thanksgiving and our gratitude on to our Lord. And that's how we're able to live a righteous life. It's not because we're trying to get you know, trying to clean ourselves up all the time and make sure that we keep a short account with, with God. Mm-hmm. It's to remember that we are clean, that we are holy, that we are righteous, that he loves us, that he has poured himself out into us, Amen. that he pours out of us, that he fills all in all, and is constantly drawing us back to him. What do you say? To the throne of grace. We come what? confidence confidently before the throne of grace to receive mercy in a time of need to receive that reminder from our father. We don't don't just go before the throne of grace and stand in his presence like hi God. We like jump up into the Father's lap. Like my daughter did this morning. She came over and she was like daddy I was like okay and I got to sing to her, "I love you." That's what the Father's doing to you. I love you, yes, I do, I do. That's what we go to the throne of grace for. You sound great, Pastor. <laughs> so, there's a, an uh, so there's an interesting so there's an interesting practice. Uh, I think it's okay. Bear with me here. Uh, I think is what it's, how you pronounce it. So basically, it's a practice of of Jewish people during Yom Yom Teruah of going to a body of water and ceremonially casting their sins into the water. Basically, what they're doing is they're they're casting their sins in the, into the depths of the sea. And it's all based on Micah chapter seven. Let's let's stand together. We're gonna we're gonna read these two p- scripture passages together. So stand with me for the for the honoring of God. It's it's, on, it's gonna be on the screen. <coughs> It'll be on the screen. So let's, say, let's stand together and read this on the screen. Okay. Oh, I cannot read that. I'm going to read it over here. <laughs> I there, I it Sorry, I tried to make it big enough. <laughs> I'll come up here a little bit. All right, there you go. You can read it off of this one. Is that, is that easier? All right, let's read this together. Who is a God like you, forgiving iniquity and passing over rebellion for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not hold on to his anger forever, because he delights in faithful love. We will—I'm sorry—he will again have compassion on us. He will vanquish our iniquities. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You will show loyalty to Jacob and faithful love to Abraham, as you swore to our ancestors from days long ago. Now remember, this is Micah saying this to Israel. Remember, look at all all these wills, will, 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 will. You will, right? You will, will, will. Like we're hoping for this day. We're we're looking forward to this. But now, but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been revealed, attested to by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God is through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe, since there is no distinction. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. They are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. God presented Him as the mercy seat by His blood through faith, to demonstrate His righteousness because in His restraint, God passed over the sins previously committed. God presented Him to demonstrate His righteousness at the present time so that He would be just and the justifier who has faith in, Christ, in Jesus Christ. You may be seated. <clears throat> but now, you will, you will, you will, you will, you will, All these you wills, all you wills, you wills, you wills, these are finished. These are completed in Christ. Who is a God like you? Having forgiven iniquity and passing over all rebellion for the remnant of your inheritance. You don't hold on to your anger because you delight in faithful love. You have compassion on us You have vanquished our iniquities. You have cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. You have shown loyalty to Jacob and faithful love to Abraham as You swore to our ancestors from long days ago. All these things are fulfilled. He has defeated our great enemy, Satan, death, the grave. He has defeated all these things. He has cast... All of our sins into the depths of the sea, past, present, and future. And we walk in the newness of life. And that is why it's a sweet new year and a sweet new life. That's what Yom Turu is all about. Everything about this season is about newness, new year. And then Yom, Kup- Yom Kippur is, an, is like kind of a, a faith reset for the Jewish people. It's where all their sins are forgiven once a year. And then he's talking about Sukkot and celebrating and looking forward to and hope, this new hope, this new life, everything about this season. You know, the, so a you know, few things they do, like they talk about, they did the tash, Tashlich, whatever it is called. And then so like during this, during this festival, they also light candles as, a, as kind of a reminder of God's presence, that He is the light. Um, so the, the women or girls like candles. They also have uh, challah bread rounds, and we were going to do this this morning for our communion, but we completely forgot. We were going to do that and honey that we were dipping. Because would, they would take apple slices and challah bread, and they would take it, and they dip it into the honey so they'd remember the sweetness of the new year that God was going to bring. And, you know, wishing you having a sweet new year. I forgot the challah bread. I know. I was gonna even make like whipped honey butter and everything. <sighs> Darn it. Yeah, next year. But this reminds us of the new year with new opportunities for new joys, a new hope that celebrates new life. Which is what our faith is all about. New life. He who knew us in became sin, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. We were buried with him in a a crucifixion unto death. All of our sins were crucified with him. The nails of his cross crucified me with him. And he was raised so that we would be also raised to walk in the newness of life. Romans chapter 6. This reminds us of our new life in Christ. So, the question is, should Christians celebrate the feasts? So let's talk about a few, th- few reasons why. You know, Why should Christians celebrate and, and how? Like, How do we do this in our, in our new covenant today? Now, remember, <clears throat> celebrating the Jewish, the Jewish fe- you know, feasts and stuff like that, this is not a law. There's no law that requires Christians, saints in the church, in the ecclesia, to celebrate any of the feasts there's no law. The only two laws we have are believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the Father sent him and love one another. That's all we got. Those are the two laws for us. That's what it means to be a Christian. Is to love the Lord your God and love one another. Right? That's the only thing. So, this is not a law. It is good. Really, really good. But not required. It's better but not a salvation issue. They tell us about God. They remind us about passages and stories in scripture. They remind us of, of about God's goodness. Each one of the festivals is about a different element of God's goodness and God's presence. And so here's the thing is like God already set up this whole system of great and amazing holidays. We don't have to go and celebrate the garbage holidays of the world according to their standards, right? Halloween's fun. You get to dress up. No, 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 no. We can have conversations about Halloween. I know this is going to ruffle a few feathers. I struggle with it to myself. The early church until the 4th century didn't celebrate the birth of Jesus. They started celebrating it on the day when Osiris and Zeus and Sol Invictus, the pagan gods, were born. The 25th of December, the 25th of December because Constantine's favorite god was Sol Invictus, and that was his birthday. Saturday, yeah. So that's when they that's when the church started to celebrate Christmas. Now, do we? It's not evil. Like I'm saying, like it's not evil, it's not bad, it's not like against the Lord to celebrate Christmas at all. I mean, I love Christmas; it's always been my favorite holiday, you know. And we can also, but we can also celebrate—not even necessarily in, in place of, but in addition to—we can celebrate Hanukkah, which is the celebration of lights, that God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all. Right? We can celebrate these different hol- Jewish holidays, and kind of maybe steer our attention away from lesser holidays that, that don't matter as much to our faith. Because that 's the question is like celebrating the holidays because think about it, what holiday means holy day it's just put together like Lewiston or Livingston is Livingstone or Lewistown right it's the conjunction of words holiday means holy day right and so even the Bible it says like some people count these days as holy, other people other people don't that's totally fine like you can celebrate Christmas, you can celebrate Halloween. Right, it doesn't matter. Celebrate the days that you that you feel you know how you how you celebrate them, and how you know. Don't let anyone speak evil against the you know, what you celebrate. That's what Paul's whole point was. Everyone's conscience is going to be different, right? I'm not going to get up here and be like, you cannot practice Halloween. We don't do that here at Shift Church. You're a sinner, and you'll be excommunicated if you celebrate Easter. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing, like, yeah, if you don't celebrate the Jewish festivals, or even like if you lightly or occasionally celebrate them, kind of like my family, we try to celebrate them, but we just it's, it's not part of our daily, our you know yearly rhythm yet. We're still trying to get better, but I, you know, I believe that you are, you know, all these things. Like, there's so much richness to these things. Yeah, I tell you what I invite you to, to, to look into celebrating them as, as a believer there's some great resources um, just to even get an understanding about them uh, so there's these these ones so this is the one that I started with it's called the Feast of the Lord by Kevin Howard and Marvin Rosenthal there's a really great great book um, for understanding the biblical feasts and they try to give some some clues on to how to celebrate each different feast um, the Feast of the Lord this is a super nerdy book If you're a nerd, this will be your your friend right here. This goes into lots of lots of detail, lots of lots of good detail. If that'll stand up, I don't know if it will. We shall see. Stay. (laughs) <laughs> and then this one, so that's celebrating Jesus. So this is a great practical guide on how to celebrate Jesus in the biblical feasts. Uh, like where Jesus fulfilled certain things. Uh, and I agree and disagree with certain things in all these different books. And so really making it, you know, getting an understanding from different people and then making it yours. Make, you know, really personalizing it. Because that's what all these festivals are. Is it's such a personalized, it's making our faith personal. It's making our faith personal close with those around us and us with God, us with Yahweh. Um, and so there's so much good uh, richness to all these different festivals and how Jesus fulfills all of them it is so so worth celebrating. so much richer than the worldly holidays that are around us that are cheaper placements. The early church taught its inheritance, you know, adherents to celebrate the festivals. You know, Paul never said don't you know stop celebrating the festivals. Well, there's actually a lot of scripture passages that Paul even used them as illustrations. Like you know, Christ Himself has become our Passover Lamb. Like, you know, years and years later, after He'd already been planting churches for a long time, the, all these feasts lead us to remember that Jesus Christ is Lord. All the feasts proclaim the great good good news. That we are forgiven, restored, welcomed, wanted, filled, and loved by God. Our great King of the universe. That's what all these festivals are for. That's what Yom Teru is all about. The proclamation that. Yahweh is king. Yom Yom Teruah reminds us, saints in the church, that we are forgiven. All of our sins were nailed to the cross. That we thank Him for His forgiveness. We don't have to beg for it. That because we're under God's grace, not under Mosaic law, He reminds us that we are the new creation in Christ Jesus. He reminds us that God sees us. God remembers us. God hears us. And most importantly, it reminds us that Jesus Christ will come back again and restore all things back to God's intention. He will glorify everything. He will glorify us and be with us face to face for all eternity. He will return for His bride and lavish us as a groom, lavishes His bride at the sound of a trumpet. We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers and sisters, concerning those who are asleep, so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again in the same way, through Jesus, God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep. For we say this to you by a word from the Lord. We who are still alive at the Lord's coming will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the archangel's voice, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are still alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. I'm encouraging you with these words. So we will always be with the Lord at the sound of God's teruah. We will always be with the Lord. Remember. Remember. Remember that Yom Teruah, Rosh Hashanah, is a time for celebration, remembrance, and hope. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this festival. We thank you, Lord, for this the celebration that we get to celebrate and remember who you are and that we know that you remember us, that you are with us, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And that gives us reason for celebration and for hope and for joy. Lord, remind us of who you are. Draw us in and remind us of your love and your presence, and your glory. For in Jesus' name I pray all these things.